Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. I am Megan. This is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities Church. Ooh, it's kind of a jumbled mess today. Yeah, it's all right. Um, and uh, yeah, that voice that you just heard um, giving me a hard time was our teaching pastor. You want me to start over? No, don't I don't. You? It's fine. I'm fine okay. making mistakes. I do I do live talking for in front of many many humans every You're single day. You're struggling to say this. So. Listen, Even this part. It's because we did. I no- struggle with live talking. Every uh, no, day. it's because um, I did. <laughs> I gave notes today, which means I like lecture for the whole hour. And ah, um, is that I like a that. Monday thing? Is no, that how Mondays it's work? just kind of how it's It'll like whatever out. the time is, and this time it was on Monday. But. Um, Brent has, <laughs> <laughs> Brent has sound coming out of his computer. Um, and Only because we were testing to see who, who opened last week. We have such short-term memory that we're no, like, did I open? No, because we took Did a week open? off because oh, you went on your ago. trip. That's right, two weeks ago. All right, all right. It's a hot mess. I know, guys. hot mess, guys. <laughs> good to be back. Uh, yeah. How's things? They're good. Yeah? Right. Yeah. Good? Yesterday was my dad's birthday. Fun. Went and had dinner with him. You want to tell us how old he is? He's 71. Okay. Yeah. Good. There you go. Yeah. It's a good age. Uh, Sure. (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) yeah. I I wouldn't know. I've never been 71. I never have either. I'm just saying it seems like a good age. (laughs) I had somebody come up to me yesterday at church, (laughs) an older gentleman Mm -hmm. and his wife, and they've been coming for a while, pre-COVID, then during all that kind of stuff, right? She has a cane now. She's getting to that age, you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh. She uh, she caught me in the lobby, uh, or actually in the hallway. They they stand at the top of the ramp until the music's done. They're mm-hmm. one of those, you know, yeah, people. Uh-huh. Who just, I love it. It's great. Yeah. She goes, um, "Hey, do you uh, do you go visit people in hospice?" <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I, I actually impl- I'm going tomorrow. I went this yeah, morning to uh-huh. go see Patty McDowell, and uh, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I know them for sure, yeah. you know, and and they and like she goes, in, just in the hospital in general, or was she talking? I about think that? so. Okay. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. And I and I said, yeah, I, I do. Uh, and she goes, okay. I just, I just, uh, I, and I, I tried to kind of play it like because hospice is a little different than like general, correct? The hospital in general. Yeah, so, you're oftentimes at hospice home is and, like and, you know, pr- you know, pain, pain I'm getting ready care. to die. Yes, so. absolutely. And I'm thinking in my brain, she's got a friend who is lonely in the hospital and needs a pastor to come see her, right? No, she's like thinking about herself, right? So then yeah. <laughs> so she goes, I'm just planning for the future. And he comes up to me, and I've known him for years. And he pulls out a card and he goes, here's my business card, just so you like uh, know who I am. And, and when we ask for hospice, you know, when we ask yeah. for you to come visit us, this is, this is uh-huh. our, our contact info. And I'm like, Alan, you've been coming here for five years. <laughs> But I do think part of it is kind of a, maybe perhaps like a memory thing yeah. and just fear of yeah. like, you know, uh-huh. trying to control these things. But like, don't yeah. forget about us. Like, please come yeah. visit me. And I was like, <laughs> what a somber thing to think about yeah. <laughs> 30 seconds before I go up and talk to a bunch of people about, you know, uh, wisdom literature. Yeah. I mean, there's wisdom in um, not being afraid of talking about death. I guess. Yeah. So, it was yeah. Uh, it was a very sombering experience. And I don't remember if it was first or second service. So I couldn't even tell uh, you which one. Um, but uh <laughs> It was it was like one of those. Oh yeah, I'm dealing with like real life people here. <laughs> yeah, like dealing with real life fears <laughs> and are bigger problems than uh, yeah. than you know me whatever. Yep. But anyways, yep. it was good. Yeah, we had uh, a week off uh, from, from recording this thing. I was in San Diego for mm-hmm. a couple of days with our church planners. And I talked about it a little bit on Sunday with uh, Dave's kind of deal. Um, 
And uh, I've mentioned to anybody that I've uh, had a chance to talk to that it was freezing down there. And Yeah. Uh, when I went to San Diego in January, it was also not great weather. Yeah. I was so. in shorts. Uh, sorry. I was in sweatpants uh, <laughs> and a sweatshirt the entire time. And I'm with a bunch of guys from the Midwest who are in sunglasses, t-shirt, and shorts. <laughs> They're soaking up everything, you know. Uh, um, and it was cloudy. Yeah, but it had been like sunny and warm, like Oh, no, it hadn't been nope, here. You yet. missed it. It I was sunny it. and warm I know, and I know. beautiful. I got off the plane. Week, I so. literally was walking off the plane here, and I, I thought, this is what I've been waiting for all <laughs> stinking week. This is gorgeous, guys. The weather this weekend has been absolutely it was very warm. phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Not even too warm, though. Yeah, well, I mean, no, on no, the no, edge. No. Oh, Like, no. 88 is on the edge. Oh, I have sunglasses and just a little bit of shade. <laughs> And then the sun goes down and it drops yeah, like it was immediately great. I mean, I'm not saying degrees. it was awful. I'm oh. just saying it's on the Sign edge. me up for this weather every day <laughs> no, of the you're week. You're a summer I you're a summer love it. Guy. Love it so much. Yeah, I was spent most of Saturday outside in my, well, most of Saturday afternoon in my yard. So, um, and I have the, I, have I told you I have like an allergic reaction to the sun? Oh, to the sun? Yeah. No. <laughs> like you can't breathe? What no, do you mean? No, like I get like hives on oh, my really? arm. Um, you mean suntan? You mean you get burnt? No, I get like itchy hives on my arm. Are you sure it's not from like the grass from being outside? No, because I didn't, I did not mow the lawn or touch the grass in a capacity that would like make it on my arms. Yeah. That's and wild. It's the sun. It's 100%. You know what's wild to me, for me? We went out on the McDowell's new pontoon boat on uh-huh. Saturday night, that beautiful evening. Yeah. And when we were out on the water, I was totally fine. And then as soon as we got to shore, uh, my allergies immediately like it sensed <laughs> that I was within 50 feet of a tree or a bush or something that's flowering and just mm. immediately puffy eyes and throat and all this stuff it's so bad right now yeah that's the only that is the bummer I right actually now. don't have horrible spring allergies so I'm fine oh. but my allergies are really bad in the fall crushing so, me yeah. absolutely crushing me still but you know well sucks to suck it is it does it does suck to suck <laughs> absolutely yep uh yep I don't know. Uh, my wife rented an electronic bike while they were down there. <laughs> That's fun. And rode along the coastline, which was pretty cool, and took some pictures for me. I stayed back and watched Arsenal lose to uh, Manchester City. <laughs> so that was exciting. Um, uh, what else did we do? I don't know. Yeah. Sat by a fire, talked about yeah. church. Yeah, I mean, and the point of that trip is to like be yep. with people who understand. Connect what with them. You're doing, and and so. two, both of our external elders. So we have two external yep. elders at our church are on this trip. And one of them is actually going to be coming back into town here in a couple of weeks and cool. hanging out with us. So filming a talk and, and doing all the things. So, but it was obviously, yeah, tons of fun to meet with them. We got to meet with uh, a pastor, a retired pastor down there named Larry Osborne, who is part of a big, big church. In the Costa Mesa, uh, Carlsbad, Oceanside area called, okay, cool. um, what's the name of the church? North Coast Church. Doesn't matter. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so get to sit. He has like this beautiful backyard that's got like these different levels and a, like a just outdoor area and a, um, uh, a little um, like a table down below where there's like, like you just sit down there and hang out and there's like this stream and they're smoking cigars and do all kinds of stuff they were doing, you know? And uh, this this stream, I'm sitting by this stream, and I, no lie, got up to pee like four times. I feel, I feel like some of them like were looking at me like, dude, do you have a bladder infection? Is there a problem going on? You did just turn 40. I, I just turned 40. <laughs> and I guess I can never live by a creek. That's what I realized. After like the third time I came back, I'm like, hey, guys, I know that none of you have moved once, and I, this is my third time. 
Um, I don't usually uh, live. I don't live. I mean, I live by a river, but not a creek. This kind of sound, I couldn't do it. I, I just. It was so bad. Yeah, and I'm also forty, but I'm I am one of the younger yeah one of the younger bucks there. You know, they had a great conversation about. I'll bring this one up. Um, he uh, the the main mentor guy went around the circle and talked about the difference between leading your church as an older brother at scene or, or like your perception to your people. Are you mm-hmm. like a wise older brother? Are you a, a dad, a father mm-hmm. to these people? Or are you a grandfather? Because yeah. he's like, <laughs> I go and speak at my church. I go back now, but as a retired minister, I'm like their grandfather. When yeah. I go in, I'm like wise old grandpa, you know? <laughs> and um, it was an interesting conversation because all of the guys who were there, had all we've all planted our churches. And so, and typically in our 20s or maybe early, early 30s, um, and so the question went around the circle, do you think that you are seen as a wise older brother or a father figure in this point, right? And uh, almost all of us are like, yeah, just the older brother, man. We're still pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that I think, depends more on the age of your congregation. No, I, I, 100%. Yeah, like, so it's, so it's it's just in the context yeah. of, of <laughs> in your context, what do you yeah. think you are? I would say you probably, like, Older brother as well, because most of our—that's what I thought. Most of our congregants are still, are young, right? still in your age, like in your general age range. Right, like, like we're not—it's you know. not a college town, so no. I'm not your dad. Um, telling you, yeah. Thank, thank you. For the, it, I, I only bring it up because I, I was living with <laughs> a little insecurity validation. in my life and validation. <laughs> like, am I a dad to these people? Uh, I, I don't mean, think so. Maybe some of not the like dad, high you know schoolers I mean? or whatever. But, but I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, but even then, I'm like, I'm like a weird uncle, probably. Yeah. At, at the at best. <laughs> Except for you have a high schooler, so yes. Like, I I think maybe they're. I think you are approaching dad age. I know. So then we we asked in terms of that context. So that that was then our next question to him was we had a few older guys in the group, not older but older than me, mm-hmm. who were like I'm feeling the tension of transitioning into that dad sort of thing. How do we do that well? Like what was you know what would you say as somebody who's gone through that entire dad phase and is now feeling like a grandpa to these people? Um, and it was just really really great. Yeah, his, his that's cool. Conversations about how you approach things and strategies and all of that. So yeah. that was probably the most helpful conversation that we had and it was like three hours long we took up this guy's time and we're like dude don't you have to go to bed like jeopardy's on like what are you hanging out with us for Uh, he probably loves it oh like most most retired pastors i've known who are in that phase like that's what that phase is for for them yeah is like i don't have the energy or the whatever to pour into a whole congregation anymore yeah but i can mentor younger i can talk shop with younger guys yeah yeah like I can give my wisdom and my experience and my, you know, pearls of whatever to these younger guys who do have the time and do have the energy and do have the desire to pour into large groups of people. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. It was great. It was a lot of fun, but good to be home and uh, continued our series on Sunday, yeah. a Bible series. We did yeah. the third part of the Old Testament, the wisdom books, talked about um, a little bit from Proverbs and Lady Wisdom in, in Proverbs chapter eight and... Uh, all of the things that go along with chasing after wisdom and trying to seek discernment in situations as we oftentimes uh, approach um, either spiritual uh, mentors in our lives and see like, hey, I've got a tough decision I got to make, or I, I, it's not a clear-cut decision for me. What do I, what do I need to do? Because uh, oftentimes I think that there's, um, you know, there's things in your life where you're like, I know what I need to do. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. But then there's genuinely, I'm not exactly sure 
what the right thing is to do and how timing is so important with being right as well. It's not just the right thing to say, but the right time to say it. And um, that being the true kind of epitome of wisdom. Um, we talked about some verses that seem to contradict each other in that and just to kind of illustrate that piece of, of, of timing-wise. Uh, and then a few questions as homework to kind of walk away and, and hopefully go through. And I could see I could see a lot of people, and I had conversations with a lot of people afterwards of this being a very strong felt uh, issue or felt something to be like, man, I've been battling with a difficult decision and I don't genuinely don't know which is what I'm supposed to do. So this is really mm-hmm. helpful. And the idea that the wrestling piece of it, that when we wrestle with the text, when we wrestle with the emotions of it, when we hear both sides of the story from trusted sources to be like, sounds like a good option, but this also sounds like a good option, um, that that sort of creative banter is not only fun, but it's I think the reason that it's fun and so fulfilling in life is because it makes us come alive when we are engaging in that is because it's part of our part of our divine uh, nature mm-hmm. in that made in the image of God that he did this from the very beginning, that he debated and and, and thought and, and enjoyed uh, the, the process of working with wisdom in the creation of the world, uh, as Proverbs 8 kind of lays out. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I thought it was, yeah, it was good. It's a good yeah. conversation to have. And uh, yeah, what, what are some of your takeaways? Well, you- that's kind of my, that's my part two that I uh, hung on to. And we've talked about it before on this podcast that like, I, don't, I think a lot of times we think there's a right answer in a one path and God's yeah. like, nah, I, I got all, I got yeah. all options. If I, I can wanted use to give you every one single path, thing, I, mean, I would have given you yeah, one path. You'd have one path. And, and we get so hung up on what is right instead of like, and I think that there is value in there and we need to wrestle with that and we need to be like, what are the, what is the right choice? What should I be doing right now? And we need to take the time to do that. And like, that is, that's the goal. Like, are you yeah. doing that process? Are you going through that process? And I don't think it matters sometimes what happens at the end. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a like flippant way. It doesn't matter what your choice is because your choices are like genuinely matter for you and your life and they will impact your life and all of that jazz. But I think that for God, he's like, I got it. Either yeah. way, yeah. whatever way, right? Whatever way you're gonna go, I'm I got not gonna it. be mad at you for picking yeah. one over the other. Yeah, uh, uh, my my uh, availability to you or my support of you is gonna be true no matter what. I mean, like like a good parent, you look at your kids and you say, "What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to go to school? What do you want to you know major in or whatever?" And they're like, "Are you gonna be mad at me if I pick this?" And you're like. <laughs> Oh, you're I don't my care. kid. Whatever. Like, I mean, do I have an inclination? Do I have a? Yeah. I, I want you to be happy. I want you to have. I want you to go in an industry that has a future, like a future with jobs in it. Like AI is not going to take all this stuff away. But uh, I, I genuinely, I'm, I'm your parent regardless of it. And I think yeah. that that's a better kind of thought process of no, God has a specific right one. He's really hoping we see eye to eye on that and choose exactly how He wants to do it. Well, and like, and whatever purpose God has for us, he's going to fulfill that regardless of what path we go on. And it's going to come to fruition, whatever path winds us in that direction. Um, And, and it really is about like working on making decisions for yourself. Like that's free will. Like I don't, God doesn't want to tell us how to do every single thing. Like he wouldn't have given us free will if he did. Like he wants us to be part of that with him and part of choosing how we, fulfill his purpose and how we work through this world and how we engage in like community and do all of these things that he's asked us to do. Like we get to be part of that choice making. And he's like, I got it, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah you can do that. 
Sure. Oh, oh, but what about this option? That'd be great too. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, oh, but what about this? Oh, yep, that's awesome. Great. Like, and you're like, no, but I just can you just tell me one? And he's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. You know, he's like, yes, that's the that's the answer is yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think sometimes when we feel like we're not getting an answer, it's because the answer is you choose, dude. Like, yeah. don't you? I, see I don't care. I'm giving you agency <laughs> yeah. to be able to make a decision and not feel like I'm just taking orders from on high you know what i mean like you're part of the creative process i mean on on a personal level this has been something that kylie and i've been wrestling with for the last couple of weeks because we have been uh behind the scenes uh uh, trying to uh, figure out if we're moving uh buying a new house like uh, this thing opportunity came up and and we're like we love where we live we weren't looking to do any sort of moving sort of thing and Mm so um we but we got a phone call from a friend who's like we know these people they're selling this house you got to come see it before it hits market etc etc it's got a basement for the kids yada yada and and the kids are in the same school district and and it's not that far and and, but we just just like i don't know we kind of downplayed it i don't think it's the right thing and we've been battling battling definitely is this the right thing because neither of us have felt like for a long time kylie be like i'm waking up and i'm like i don't feel good about it now i do but now i don't talk me through it and i'm like i don't want to talk you into anything right so Mm -hmm. like um and and waiting for some sort of confirmation and there's just been like a you know not really like a like a light bulb going on it's like yes let's do it but there's not been we've also been like hey, if there's a closed door then yeah. let there be a closed door mm-hmm. and there hasn't been that either so we really do feel like we just keep moving forward with all right well we're gonna keep like what's saying the next step? yes until yeah. mm-hmm. something says no yeah and uh and that's where this this has kind of been for us and and so anyways yeah it's been it's been a hard deal and yeah it's been emotional because for us thir- we've been in the same house 13 years um since we basically started this church um and we've raised all of our kids there yep. london was three when we moved in mm-hmm. so she doesn't remember anything she bar- we lived at my in-laws house for like a year before that and uh, she doesn't remember any of that, really, you know. So this is it. This is the house that, you know, in, in Kylie's blubbery voice. I brought all three kids home from the hospital, and this, and this, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, uh, it's been a, so it's been a tough deal. But I'm, we're also like <laughs> looking to the future of like. It's like this... never been my life ever. I, I, <laughs> but you just bought a house, though. I like, did, but like I didn't have to leave one to say. I was this, in an right? apartment, yeah. and like I've all upside. Because you're going from something I'm yeah. renting to something yeah. that I'm owning. And yeah. also, like, that was never my childhood. Like, we moved all the time. Right. So, like, right. there was never a house that I was raised. Like, I was not raised in one home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we have our dog buried in the on yeah. the side of the house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that kind of stuff true. where yeah. it's, like, long time. There's scratches in the woodwork. That's from their teeth when they were yeah. two. <laughs> um and but you're also so like you can hold on to that nostalgia or yeah. you can look at this new place and be like think about when they're old and they have their own families and they want to come home for thanksgiving yeah where are we going to put them in this house yeah. like <laughs> one one family might be able to stay with us yeah the restaurant that rent hotel rooms or something like that like come on like future oriented sort yep. of thing so anyways it's an interesting thing but yeah. well that's exciting. the world that we're in i know yeah. i don't have very many tough choices right now so that's um. good though like <laughs> Honestly, I remember when we were um, doing the like launching this church deal, and we would come up into um, uh, like where are we going to go after Southridge, and we were looking at this place, right? And talking to the leadership team and being like, "This is a major decision. We have only had maybe three major decisions." in the life cycle of our church. Which at uh, that point, it wasn't that old. Not even okay, but not even like even since then, like. I wouldn't say that there's been I think that we go through long seasons of not not major decision making things. 
um, because that's more true to life. Like yeah. your big things, they come few. And, Which is why they're big decisions. That's why they're a big deal. That's why we wrestle with them. That's why we, they're hard to like. Yeah, and then we intentionally like we do it. Don't make small decisions into like the worrisomeness of a big decision. You're like, this isn't a big deal. Like mm-hmm. we've made we've made decisions in the past four or five years, yeah. but they've all been like, you know, whatever. If mm-hmm. it went south and we tried this thing and it didn't work, great. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, but like major decisions, you, you get very few of those. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you obviously you want to do it right. And that has to do with some discernment and wisdom seeking as well. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Anyways, um, it is a little, um, a, a an awareness of mortality when you start doing the math on a 30 year mortgage, when you're 40 years old, <laughs> you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be 70 <laughs> when I write the last check for this thing. <laughs> Is that how we're doing this? Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But. Well, you know, you never know what'll happen in between that. I so. know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Market crashes and we go bankrupt. That's what it could happen. <laughs> Kylie's so not listening. Fatalistic. Don't listen, Kylie. Don't listen. <laughs> Stop being a pessimist. I know. I know. I know. It's all, all positive. All positive from here on out. Uh, anything uh, else that you stood out to you? Um, I think that was about it. Those are kind of the big things I was thinking of. So um, yeah. the next two Sundays, we're going to go Gospels and then Letters. So uh, a little bit uh, more intro. Uh, interesting, I think, if you're like a typical, you know, uh, Christian that's like, where's the Jesus piece in this? Um, we're going to get to asking better <laughs> questions about Gospels and, and about the... the I feel like, though, so. you've done a fairly good do- job of highlighting and arguing the, like, that the New te- the Old Testament does highlight Jesus, like... Yeah. And is pointing towards something, particularly in the way that um, could the Christians have oriented the Old Testament in terms of like how it is. Yeah. I mean, a Christian perspective of the Old Testament yeah. would be that he's in the shadows. Yeah. That he's not named, but you sense the presence and you sense the need for him. And sometimes yeah. you point to the the there's a, a gaping hole in there. I wonder I wonder what piece would fit into that yeah, hole. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and often in the Old Testament they're pointing there's something coming. Like they've been told there's yeah. something coming, there's someone coming that's gonna fill this hole, that's gonna fill this void. Um and so you like I mean, I feel like you've done a pretty good job of being like, Hey, this is where Jesus might fit in this like, you know. Yeah. This is where Jesus fits in this hole. Yep. Good. All right, let's jump into our something interesting. Do Does that work? Yeah. Okay, mine is uh, I walked into a, a little random bookshop in Carlsbad, California that we had been to once before a long time ago, and I found a book called Pappy Land on there, and uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, the, the subtitle is The Story of Family, Fine Bourbon, and Things That Last. Are nice. you familiar with Pappy Van Winkle bourbon? Uh, no. So it's the most um, sought-after, expensive bourbon whiskey in basically the world oh. um it's uh it's a stupid amount of money uh, is it made in like kentucky it's Tennessee? made in kentucky okay. it's it's homeland kentucky and and this weekend is the kentucky derby um oh, and yeah. so this is like you're gonna see a lot of this and there's gonna be the hats and there's gonna be mm-hmm. the mint juleps and it's gonna be the kentucky the blah, derby blah, blah. is the first in the, the first triple of crown, the triple right? crown okay. yep 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 um and that's happening i just Saturday. watched secretariat recently again. oh there it's you a good go movie. yeah it's a solid anyway sorry yeah i'll let you do your something interesting so i've always <laughs> been intrigued with pappy uh with pappy uh and also um my father-in-law goes by pappy yeah, with our kids I knew that, so yeah. kyle was like let's buy it and let's give it to him and i was like yeah but i think i want to read it first yeah and i'm so <laughs> stinking glad that i did it's written by a guy named wright thompson okay who's a writer for espn 
And honestly, Megan, it's probably the best book I've read in a year. Oh, wow. I mean, it would be in, it's definitely and in the running. you read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. I, I On Goodreads, I'm trying to do, I try and do 52 books a week, uh, 50, a week. 52 books a year. One book a week is, wow. is an average. That's and this is easily in my uh, my top two for, for this year. Oh, wow. Um, because it's got like some like- Like this calendar year? Yeah. In the last, in I don't know how long I've read it. And it's, you don't even have to be into bourbon. Like he has, he's, um, he's talking with the guy who's trying to, you know, survive a, a, an industry that um, w- was tough for them. Pappy wasn't really even a thing or, or Pappy Van Winkle's stuff wasn't even a thing, a, a big deal until 2003. Oh, wow. Um, it kind of got hot late. And then um, it's a fad. It's a fad industry. I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good bourbon, right? It's, it's, it's fine. They, they have a slogan. They say, um, I'm going to read it for you because I'm going to screw it all up. But I, I came I didn't even know it, a part of it until it was, we make fine bourbon at a profit if we can, at a loss if we must, but always fine bourbon, which is brilliant. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, at a profit if we can, at a loss if we must, but always fine bourbon. Um, and he, he talks about how his grandfather owned it the first time. And what farmers would do back then was they would go and sell their grain, their wheat, and their uh, and their rye and all that stuff. And then whatever was left over before it went bad, they would distill it yeah, into whiskey. Mm-hmm. That was the, their, their way of saving crops and, yeah. and transition it into basically something that the, that is then sustainable and tradable. And so yep. that's, that's when yeah, the taxes Yeah, and they can hold on to it for a while and it's not yeah, going to go bad. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so that's what his grandfather did. And then his dad turned it into a an industry and made made mm-hmm. money doing it. And then the son took over. But what happened is uh, uh, it, bourbon got out of popularity. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it rises and falls and stuff, yeah. right? So then yeah, yeah. he took over at the wrong time, basically, and almost went bankrupt. And uh, actually got all of his stuff repossessed by a bank. The bank then contacted him a few years later and said, we've got all these barrels of this junk whiskey that we can't sell. Mm-hmm. Would you like to buy it back? He knew it was good because he's like, I made it. Like, yeah. I know the quality <laughs> is good. So he bought it and then began to kind of work his own angles and salesmen mm-hmm. and, and building this thing back up. So he bought like this bank. It was this, this crazy story because this bank sold it to him for pennies on the dollar. And then he was able to turn it around at the rise of, of bourbon popularity mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. history, with the story of this thing. And now his bottles sell for, I mean, you can't touch a Pappy Van Winkle bourbon bottle for less than $1,500. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. expecting that price tag on it. Yeah. It's uh, like one m- bottle? maybe a thousand, but like a thousand bottle, a thousand dollars a bottle. Yep. Yep. That's, yep. And that's like wow. a 15, 23 year. Um, and then, and he's the most, the most recognizable, the most popular. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, it's the, if you want to show off that you are like extremely make a lot of money wealthy, and extremely yeah. wealthy, do it. So it's funny because we had somebody come and do their fortieth birthday here uh, at the theater uh-huh. a little while back, and he was he was bragging because he had bought a, he had brought in a, a bottle of Pappy mm-hmm. Van Winkle and was like, "This is my fortieth birthday. I'm cracking this thing open. Oh We're wow! Not, not drinking the whole thing, but doing something on it. So, <laughs> anyways, that was that was kind of funny. A little side story on that, but mm. super good look book, Pappy Land by a guy named Wright Thompson. Nice. I highly recommend. You can't have my copy because I am going to wrap it up and give it to my father-in-law for um, his birthday or something. But um, uh, I hope he doesn't, uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast. To this podcast. It's his birthday today, actually. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So, all right, what do you got? Um, are you familiar with the giant pile of plastic trash in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a name for it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Something island or something. Sure, right? plastic Tra- island, trash, trash island. island. Yeah, I don't something. know. Yeah. Um, but apparently, it is starting to be colonized by coastal sea creatures. So animals that typically don't live in the middle of the ocean because they need something to like hold on to or whatever have started to um, find residence on this giant um, plastic 
mass in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And so now we're getting all of these creatures that normally are on the coast in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, and that's all I read because I just found this right before we started recording. <laughs> um, uh, I can verify that that's true. Yeah. But apparently they only did like a really small, um, like a small sample size, but they found a ton of different species on it already, which is just, I don't know, for me, that's just really interesting. Oh, it's called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. There you go. Um, Any idea on how big it is, they say? Um, there? The patch? Yeah. Mm, there's a link. Let me click on it. Um <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. High tech. Um, I apologize, everyone. I don't know. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, 79,000 tons of plastic in the patch. I don't <sighs> know how much, yeah, like, how wide that how is, wide that is yeah. what the footprint of it is exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's a lot. That is a lot. Anywho, um, I just thought that was so fascinating. And it reminded me of, um, you know, Jurassic Park, Life Finds a Way kind of a moment. That's true. Um, like... I don't know. Sometimes we get like, I'm not saying we don't need to like be more conscious about how we are treating our planet. Cause I think we do. Sure. But I also, there's a moment of like, things are going to survive. Yeah. Yeah. This and world. That's what I, I really, I like read somebody, <laughs> something from somebody recently yeah. and they, they posted that, that everybody's like, oh, everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's all failing. It's all doing this. And he's like, He's like, dude, the world is so much older than yeah. you are. Yeah. Like, the, we, the, it figures itself out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and not I'm to not say saying, we can't be yeah, irresponsible. Because yeah. um, I'll be honest. Like, I went through uh, Walmart the other day. I forgot that they don't do the, pla the no plastic. You don't yeah. even have an option. Uh -huh. You can't even buy one, right? Yeah. You have to buy the reusable ones. And I had a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, give me. Mm -hmm. I'll pay eight cents today for a bag. And then I realized when I got out of the car, I was like, that wasn't that bad, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. It's fine. Yeah. And I like, I'm not saying we don't need to make changes in there. Like, yeah. cause I think there are things that we are doing that are accelerating change Yeah, that are far outpacing what the natural world would do. But what I am saying is like, I think that like there can still be hope. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we don't need to take action. I'm just saying like things are going to survive. Things are going to find a way. Things yeah. are going to figure stuff out. Um, and like, we're gonna, like, if we work with nature and work with all these things, like there, are, there's hope there and there's ways to make things better. I think it's a really cool picture of redemption too, of like really crappy circumstances yeah. in, in life. And, and we're, you know, we just, like I said, had a bunch of people, I think on Sunday going, oh, I got really bad, hard decisions to make on one way or the other. And you're going, yeah, even if it goes South, even if you make this decision, it's the wrong one and things get bad or the relationship fails or the marriage breaks up or whatever. Like, it's not that there's no hope on the other side of things. Like, life finds a way. It yeah. figures it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That and got way more philosophical than I was intending it to No, get. I know, but, but, like, that's really good. <laughs> but I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So, so anyway, moral of the story, um, coastal creatures now um, finding places to yeah. live in the middle of the ocean. Uber expensive plastic. bourbon, but don't get a plastic bag <laughs> when you can't, you know, when you leave to go out of the store to get it, so... And good uh, luck finding it is yeah, the big thing. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode so of Say Something Interesting. We will be back next week with another follow up episode. We are doing part four uh, of our series, a series, Asking Better Questions. It's in person and online, both at 9 15 and 10 30 on Sunday here at the Uptown Theater or at EastLakeTriCities.com. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye.